You know the glory, the, it's the kabod of God when the, it talks about the glory, it's the weightiness, there's a thickness. There's a thickness in, in um, His glory, and so it's, it's like, you know, if you think about God speaking, how does He speak? Is it, I mean, we know He speaks by articulating words, right? We have His word, Scripture, we, and He speaks it. But what's the, there's, what else? There's a component where we, he speaks, and it's... With authority. Yeah. For sure, when he speaks, there's authority. But I mean, there's also the... Um, it's not just the word, but it's the... His presence, or his, 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 yeah, there's a substance, like, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So what, it, it's, there's a substance, there, there's a quality, there's a kabod, the glory, there's a weightiness, there's the presence of God when he speaks. Sometimes something hits you before you understand what he's saying, so it's not in the articulation only, but it's the presence of God that, it's like it's like trying to talk about the spirit and the word. Sometimes we, you know, we we like to try to okay, this is that, but the word itself carries power and authority. In the seed is everything it needs to to produce the growth, right? So there's there's something and God holds all things together through Jesus, right? It says the world, everything, like when scientists split down the atom to its smallest level, they don't know what's holding it together. It should all fall apart. Because the, 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 the components there shouldn't actually stay together. That they, they, they should be flying all over the place. But it says that Jesus, his word, is what holds everything together. So there is, there's what we see, the articulation of his word, but there's also the spirit, the, his kabod, his glory, his presence that just is the part of the iceberg you don't see <laughs> you know what, or or but you feel or, or and i'm not just saying soul feel but it's your spirit picks that up when we're in tune when we're in alignment then there's the as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god not as many as talk about him <laughs> but as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god so it's about being led it's about uh, being in alignment so that when his wind comes, we have our sails ready so that he can blow and we move. And then what's the rudder? Well, if we're in alignment with him, it's, it's, it's our tongue. It's, the Bible says that the tongue is like the rudder. It's like, so there's this, we, we, we yield, we say yes, before we know what's going on because we know him. So it doesn't matter how he wants to do it. We say yes to him. And then so the sail is out there. And then when the Holy Spirit wants to do something, the rushing mighty wind comes, like on the day of Pentecost, right? It's a rushing mighty wind and fills the sail. And then whichever way that rudder is, now because we have the, the sails out, our rudder is probably, gonna, is probably in the right place to be directed also. But with the mouth, confession is made resulting in salvation. So with the mouth, there is agreement to the wind of God, you hear the sound, you don't know, you know, where it's coming, where it's going, but he's there, John 3, right? And so we just open the sails, and then he blows, and then we agree, manna, daily bread, every day, we, we get our daily bread. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. So the mouth just picks up today, what we, and we agree and thus the rudder is in place for God to lead and direct. And so the clouds without rain is all the forms and maybe some words here and there and stuff, but there's not that sail which is open, the heart which is just open and yielded and already said yes to God, you know. And so then, you know, so there's a lot of humanness in it. And that's where we get discrepancies. God said this, but I didn't see it. What happened? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I always feel oh, not very like 
a lot when to when back when I play, I feel like, especially um, when it's a group of people, you feel kind of under the, I mean, I feel like under the pressure <laughs> to kind of articulate the prayer so it kind of sounds nice, nice you know? <laughs> and, and, and I'm not very good with this kind of, you know, like talking or whatever. So, it's, uh, so, so I'm always uh, kind of, um, uh, you know, um, it's difficult for me to take this step, right? Because I'm, I'm kind of like mumbling, you know, yeah. whatever. But, and then kind of, the, the, when the Lord showed me, like, I don't know, maybe I read or, or reminded me, I remember that, that actually, I mean, for the Lord it doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. well, what we actually say, <laughs> if we say it in the, with, with His power, right? Yeah, we mean it, and if if we kind of so um so I mean so what that you say like three words or four maybe it sounds like very childish, right? But if, but the Lord can kind of put power through those words, no? And it's gonna have a result, right? Yeah. And, the, and the Lord can even the little words he can just he just needs uh, like as as a vehicle can say that to kind of move his power, and, and then. And when, when this, yeah, when the, when I, kind of the Lord showed me this or reminded me this, then I was listening to somebody talking, and this person was sharing this. That, that, uh, yes, even if, if you know, if, if the Lord's spirit is there, so it doesn't matter like, what you exactly say. You can even say peanut butter, and people got killed, you know, <laughs> or whatever, because the, there is the power, like, the power behind. The words. So. Yeah, so, so it's about his weightiness, yes. the substance, his presence, which we yield to, and we f who, with whom we fellowship with. And so then, even if it's a couple of words, it doesn't matter, but it's filled and led by the Spirit, and he comes through each one in a unique way. And that's great, that's fine. What matters is we're yielding to him because that's where his thickness, the substance, his glory, faith is connected to our spirit. And we, you know, Jesus said, um, sacrifice and offering, God, you didn't desire a body you've prepared for me. So it's about the yieldedness. It's about the heart which we, that's the hardest thing to get the attention of. If, if our heart is like absorbed by Jesus, every mountain's going to start moving because it's not just the words we say, it is the fixation. It's, it's the abiding fellowship which is, you know, how can a person walk with, what is God required but to um, to do justly and to walk humbly with our God. To walk humbly means not by our own strength, our own power. We don't rely on our own this and that, but we, def we, we know He's the strong one. He's the one who can do it. He's the one, and we overcome to Him who overcomes all those first chapters of Revelation. Lots of good things waiting in the kingdom of God. For Him who overcomes, to sit with me on my throne, to Him who overcomes, a new stone written, a new, uh, to Him who overcomes, I'll give power over the nations to him who overcomes. Overcome what? Every mindset, every hindrance the enemy tries to put right there to say, you, you, you can't. Who do you think you are? <laughs> well, we need to answer, I'm a child of God. Jesus' blood is enough. End of the answer. The blood of Jesus is enough. We're strong in the grace that God lavished upon us through the beloved, through Jesus. We're not depending on ourselves. So in our weakness, it's like ride a surfer riding the wave. There's that point in the wave. You don't want to be behind. You don't want to be above. You just want to be right there. Mm -hmm. And that point of recognizing your inability. Paul said, uh, God told Paul when he was like, you know, requesting things. He said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. 
So as we recognize our limitation and we rely on God, so we have our weakness, we have God's full ability, and we're riding right there on, the, on, on that point of the wave where we know it's not us, but we're not allowing that to control us because we're yielding to God and what He says and what His will is, and we're aligning our heart. He bought us. We're bought with a price. We're paid for. We're bought. It's done. If we're a believer, then we're bought. He takes care of his own. So we ride, we recognize our weakness, and that becomes our strength. Because the poor in spirit will, theirs is the kingdom of God. The, the, the meek shall inherit the earth. Those who walk with God in that way. We're not full of ourselves, we're full of the Holy Spirit. And because we don't rely on ourselves. And so now, we, this big wave can come, then the enemy wants to crush us with it. Like the Egyptian army coming and hemming in the children of Israel like between the Red Sea and the mountains. Remember, we were, like those hills were like funneling them to the Red Sea. They were trapped. There was nowhere for them to go. Nowhere. It was impossible, humanly speaking. <laughs> but, but that's exactly where God led them to be in the impossible situation. <laughs> um, but that's so funny because I felt like when this whole looting and COVID, well, before the looting, the COVID, um, I did. I got a bit of that divine amusement because it was just like, well, God, he, he, he likes to stack the odds against himself. Like, it's just like, with Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And he was like, no, no, put more water. Mm. Put, put more water. Mm. And it just, it, to me, it felt like that's what the Holy Spirit was saying. It's like, mm. add some looting. Mm. Add some, you know, because, it, like, we, and me especially, like, I, I love government, politics, all that, and, it, and, it, and it's, I love truth. <laughs> and this is like an age, postmodern age of confusion, and I'm just like, every, but it's like, God could just go... And everything changes in a moment. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, okay, well, then let's let me change my perspective of, okay, what what's my what God? What is it? You know, what is it then? You know, um, because we look at the government as this big thing, you know, that needs to shift. But it, it's this, because he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, not like if those bad guys will humble themselves. It says. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Not if the bad guys will turn from me. If I'll allow my heart to be turned towards God, then I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. And so it's like, okay, so that's my role in this. And it's so funny because, like, marriage is hard. Like, all this circumstantial stuff is hard. Like, living every day. And I, as I was worshiping, I, I remember... I was thinking about how, you know, God brings healing. He's made the provision. Everything's good. But, like, sometimes I think I'm too good for the the minutia, the little everyday stuff that God's having me do. But the reality, and I want something better and greater, and I want freedom and liberty. But it's like, no, God, this is what God's calling me to right now. And then the example was like Queen Esther is like <coughs> she threw a banquet for Haman. Like she's just she was just a little she was just one of the many wives, you know. But it, she was obedient in doing those little. I mean, how long did Esther have to? You know, oh, let me do you, let me do another dinner. Let me do you know. It's like I feel like sometimes in my life I'm just like that is so beneath me. Like, why am I going to throw a dinner? Why am I going to pretend and, 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 and treat these guys nicely and put on a pretty face and make a banquet for them and say all the right things? It's just like, oh, I want righteousness and truth. And I want to, you know, and it's like, no. God's put you in this circumstance. You must do what he's calling you to do in this circumstance. And look, look at the results. Because God's all, through her uncle, he's like, look, Esther, you, you can either do what I've called you to do, or someone else will do it. And it's like, that's what God's saying to us now. It's like, we can either give our hearts over to Him, and be that 
ground that he can work through, or, or it'll be somebody else, you know? And Esther chose to, and she went from being one in a long line of wives to saving an entire nation, like, because she threw a few dinners, put on a pretty face, played the, you know, submissive what? Like, you know, so I just feel like, for me, in my life, there's been things that, like, I've been, think I've thought were beneath my dignity, and the reality is, it's like, uh-uh, like, he, you know, there's that whole song about, or the, even the Bible, God gives and takes away. You know, we just need to stay in that place of trusting Him, whatever it is that He's called us to do, and our hearts, and, and He can turn that into saving a nation, I believe. Yeah, well, yeah. I think that's a big reason why a lot of people are actually leaving the country, is because they, they don't trust that God can turn it around. Yeah. You know, like, they think there's too, too, too much water now on the fire, on the wood, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's impossible yeah. to light this fire now, yeah. you know, like, so... So it's, uh, look, to get this fire lit, it's going to, we'll have to wait for the wood to dry again. It's going to take a, mm. another generation for the wood to dry, and then we can light it in there. So, and I, I think you're right. It's like, mm. like if you really trust God to turn an impossible situation around, then it wouldn't bother you. Yeah. everything to me. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was thinking, we say it so quickly, you must really, um, it's like we were talking about the addiction yesterday. And like, if, if you're addicted to a drug or something, you'll do everything to get it. You'll sell everything, you will do anything mm -hmm. to get it. And that's how you must be with God, you know. Yeah. If you say, um, is everything to me. You must go for it. You must do anything mm. to to understand him, to have a relationship, to you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. everything. Yeah, it's like you know, when you find a treasure, you sell everything to get that mm. treasure or that field where the pearl is and the treasure. Or, <coughs> you, you know what I mean? And why has God made it that way, where He says? It's the glory of, <clears throat> of God <clears throat> to conceal something. But the glory of kings is to search it out and discover it. Why has God done it like that? Why doesn't he just like, you know what I mean, cast the pearls all over the road? You, you know what I mean? Pearls are good, right? It's just here, roll them out on the street. There is something about when that chick is breaking out of the shell that difficult situation that embeds that substance into the wings and the feathers that uh, duck, chicken, I'm getting confused here. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? <laughs> I know there is something. But it, there is that, huh? You know? Yeah. So what, what is it, like an oil that gets in there? or a, Because if you help it and you break the shell, I can't remember the science behind it or what the biology, whatever. But what's, what's happening there? It can take, it causes like neurological. Yeah, but why? What's is there's something that happens when that chick pushes itself through the shell after breaking it himself. Anyway, you know. I, I think I have an idea, but I'm not sure. Okay, all right, no worries. But there's something because you know you want to help. You want to like make it easy, and so you break it open, and then the thing dies. You know. So there's something about God. He's not. God conceals, but for the but for the purpose of discovery, not so he can't be found. No. He's not hiding and then he's hoping you're never going to find him. <laughs> he's hiding for a purpose to be discovered, but only those who draw near, draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. There, there has to be that relationship. That that effort put into the relationship otherwise what kind of relationship is it and that's what he's preparing his bride he's seeing who is his bride 
who loves me enough to seek me out, to seek me first, to, to press on through the hard things to understand the things that seem, why do I need to do that? Like you're saying, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter what it is. The only thing that matters is God, what's going to make you smile right now? How are you leading? If we can find God's smile, remember it says, uh, you know, that um, when the Jews say that, um, you know, the blessing, uh, um, may the Lord uh, shine his face, shine his face. I mean, how is that? Yeah. Somebody quote it for us. (laughs) Uh, What's that? Okay, go for it. <laughs> May his favor be upon you. Okay, I can I can sing that song, but okay, it's about his face shining, looking towards us. If his gaze is in our direction, even before the articulation comes out, some the substance of God is hitting us because he's we've drawn his attention through our faith and belief in Him, our trust in Him. And that blips us up on the radar. Can you say that one more time? Which part? Something about trust in Him and blips. So the, 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 when we believe and we trust and we have faith in Him, then that black morassy screen, all of a sudden there's a dot, and there we are, on God's radar of His favor and His gaze. Because there needs to be a receptivity for relationship. And so in the sea of, uh, you know, all it takes is him looking towards us in favor. I mean, he's for God so loved the world. I mean, he paid the price for every single human alive. But there's not a lot of receptivity. So the radar stays dark, the screen, the monitor. You know, they look through on the radar thingy. But when somebody turns their heart towards God, repents in recognition that the blood of Jesus is enough. Imagine that. The blood of Jesus is enough. And then when there is a receptivity and alignment with that, all of a sudden, we appear on the screen and the gaze of God, the face of God, is going like this, you know, because we're drawing near to Him and He's drawing near to us with His gaze and, and all of a sudden, his kabod, his weightiness, his his the the, the weightiness of his presence is um, like the sponge. It's it's um, filling. It's like you squeeze the sponge. It's after you squeeze it, you put it in the substance, and you let go. That's when it absorbs the most. After that, you feel like you've been squeezed. You're in a difficult. Consider it all joy. In difficult situations, the Bible says, when you're being squeezed, why? Because if we stay in there with God in a yielded, just looking to Him kind of way, guess what? When we're squeezed, and then we're, we're still in there with God, when the squeeze comes out, we're going to absorb more of who He is and His weightiness and His, and His presence. And then all of a sudden, there's that huge iceberg beneath the surface that causes the tip of the iceberg to be effective when we speak. You know what I'm saying? So, the description... <laughs> so this is the... <laughs> this is the... You know when, when the Jews say shalom? Peace? What's that all about? Yeah. That means your enemies are subdued. That means you're prospering. That means you're in health. It says there, may you uh, prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, right? So your enemies are under your feet. You're healthy. You're prospering. Your relationships are good. That's peace. Peace isn't just this little (laughs) feeling sometimes comes over. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Not like the world gives. My peace, shalom. That means the face of God is looking towards us in favor because we are lit up on his radar because we found ourselves in the GPS system of who God is 
and who we are in Him, we're not like, you know, just kind of floating our own boat on the big sea and tossed by the waves. No, Jesus is our um, center point. So now we look to Him in faith and trust. And so God's favor, he, we're drawing near to Him. He's drawing near to us. And then all of a sudden, the enemy is pushed back. All of a sudden, you know, things start working out. We start being led by Him. Relationships uh, start, the, the wrong ones go away, the right ones come and get stronger. Sometimes there needs to be a cutting off, you know. Of, it's all kinds of, you know, there's there's goats, there's sheep, there's unwise virgins, you know, and, and we just need to stay on our track. And, you know, so all of that is in the, the peace that God gives us. So that's relationship too, for that type of peace to be experienced to where God's word isn't just like, Gee, I hope this works, but it's like all that iceberg is there relationally. And we've settled that he's not a liar, he's true, he's just... So when I read his word, I, you know, it's mine. It's a sure thing. And it doesn't matter what you see, the discrepancies are not God's fault. This is the point we need to get to, the discrepancies. Yeah, but I prayed and it didn't work and like, you know... And the, the discrepancy is not on God's end. That's the point. It's never on his end. It's never his fault. There's things that happens in the world. It's not God's will. Certain words were spoken last year about things and thank God's will. God, and then, oh, the enemy comes in and hijacks things. Well, a wise person once said, whatever, if bad things are going on, it's because God's, people that it's because the church is not in alignment with what God wants them to be doing it's the church's fault I mean we're the salt of the earth salt preserves from decay amongst other things if we preserve from decay but we see things decaying well guess what the church is not very active Mm -hmm. not in the way God intends us to be we can clap hands and sing songs and, you know, eat cookies together and all, all that kind of thing. But it's like, but are we being and living out God's intentions? And that starts at all, in all levels of our life. There's no little thing. There's no big thing. There's just God things. <laughs> what makes him smile, you know? And, and when we wake up in the morning, Lord, what's... What, what's going to make you smile? What do you have for us today? You know, how can I partner with you today? That's ministry. <laughs> you know? And so, so the discrepancies are not God's fault. The discrepancies are um, his people growing up or not, you know, or choosing not to, you know. And it's... Um, so God's will is not always done. Is God's, well, let me form that in a question before a statement. Do you think God's will is always done on earth as it is in heaven? Now we can talk about the ultimate plan, the will of God, but along that journey, okay, yeah. No, no, I mean, like you spoke last time, maybe like the power, what I didn't realize was how responsible we are to provide that pushback mm. in terms of the spiritual realm mm. of praying you know, mm. for certain situations. Because um, I also, along, along with that saying that you said a white man spoke, but the same sort of thing that I received from someone else that says, the only thing it takes for evil to prosper is for Christians to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And And... But, but then you often think, yeah, but what, you know, what should we do? But, and then, like what you said last time, just providing that pushback in terms of praying for the country and praying. And like you said now, it's the, it's the people, it's God's people that must humble themselves and pray for the situation to change. Because if we don't provide that, provide that pushback against the world, then they all just... Take over. The evil will just take over, and 
and just uh, wiped out by destructive Yeah, the heavens are the Lord's, the earth has he given to the children of men, yeah. it says in Scripture. Yeah, yeah so please. definitely, I mean, the responsibility has just become so evident to me that the, the responsibility we have as Christians to, uh, to constantly provide that pushback against the enemy, like in, uh, like you said, is God's will always done, you know, and mm. was it... Um, I mean, and in a lot of situations it wasn't because we didn't provide the pushback that was necessary. Mm -hmm. And so there's definitely a responsibility on our side to to step into situations and and uh, yeah, and you know provide God's input in that situation and to pray for certain people and to. So it's opened my eyes a lot to being a little bit more aware during the week of, uh, and I was watching The Chosen again, just from episode one again with, with Brenda now, where, where Jesus said, because, you know, all these children were visiting Jesus in the field there, and they said, you know, what do you do for a living? What, what work do you do? And he says, no, he's, because he was busy with his woodwork. They said, oh, you're a carpenter. And he said, yeah, but everybody's got a, another job that's more important than his real job, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, so it just opened my eyes again to think, yeah, you know, everybody's got his occupation, but you have to always remember you've got another occupation that's much more important than the thing that you are doing now, you know, and to, during the week to check. Yeah, apart from my real job that's occupying a lot of my time, but what other opportunities did God show me this week where I was supposed to intercede yeah, and I didn't, or whatever. I was supposed to pray for someone, and I was supposed to, to you know, and um, so, yeah, I think the Spirit is working with me to open that, yeah, part of my life. And also our workplace is a the place where God expects us to influence in such a way that we're discipling nations. In other words, we're showing His way. We're, of course, praying without ceasing. So we're pervading, we're sharpshooting when the people that we meet and the way that we input into their lives. So our workplace is really our ministry place, one of them. You know, so it's not in contrast to, but if we, because who we are is always who we are. We never stop being the salt. We never stop being the yeast embedded in the dough. We never stop being the light, carrying the light of this world. We never stop being a child of God. We never stop, you know, uh, manifesting Him and His will and, and what being a, a mouthpiece for what His Spirit wants to do and say. And in those environments, of course, we need to. You know, be led by him because there's certain parameters that you know you work in. But, but so it's really a platform of of spreading the influence of God within that unique connecting points of that workplace environment. And so, um, like Esther throwing the banquet. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like she. Yeah, so everything is about, okay, what, you know, God gifts each one in a unique way and a unique thing to fulfill a unique role to exert the influence of God in that sphere, you know. And so we just need to stay in alignment with Him so that that will happen in the way that God wants it to happen. So that we will step out and impact the people around us in the way that God is leading us to. With the wisdom, whatever is needed for the situation, but we're always yielded and led by Him. Because relationally we're engaged and abiding in Him. If you look at prophecy, the world will be just state of anarchy. Those things have to happen, right? You know, the whole prophecy. Mm -hmm. And then, to your point, is to what extent, I mean, what's our role? Of, for me, it's 
context is, you know, we keep on focusing on, uh, I mean, you see the Rana, right? You see liberalism, you see all these things that are happening around yeah. the world. And it's pointing that we're moving to that direction. And it will happen. And in context of that, we know that's going to happen, but should we shift our focus around people, uh, lost souls, souls that have not been saved, people that do not know Christ. Um, so that when that does happen, they have a part to eternal life, because some of them don't even know. What's, what's the, you know, how do, we, how do you put that in context in terms of yeah. what should the church be doing now? Yeah. You know? I mean, first, our focus is always looking unto Jesus, right? What is he leading us to do? That's why relationship is so important and everything. But our, our mandate hasn't changed from the beginning of when Jesus walked the earth and how he told his disciples, this is what I want you to do, go into all the world, proclaim the good news of the gospel, heal the sick, you know, make dis- disciple nations is what he said. So none of that mandate has changed, and it will not change until we're in heaven. And so the Bible also contains what you referred to, you know, uh, prophecies about how the world will be and what will happen and all of these things. But Jesus also said, of that day and time, no one knows except the Father, not even the Son. So nobody can, you know, every generation pretty much has a scenario where they think this is it. Now, I'm not saying this is it, this is not it. I mean, you can look at many things and see how that, yeah, but certain things now that weren't then, I get all that, but we still don't know. So we do our, we be the salt, we be the light, we be the, in, I mean, Christ is the light, but we carry him, so, you know, he shines for us. So I don't think we need to worry about, or not worry, but we don't need to, like, concern ourselves with things too high for us, which and the things too high for us are the things that God has not revealed, that only He knows, and He did it that way on purpose. So now, when Nero was, uh, you know, around 70 A.D. and and all that stuff, and they thought this is it. I mean, in fact, many commentators say, "Oh, that was the Antichrist," and all this stuff, and uh, <clears throat> they thought this was it. This is, you know, um, when Hitler was here, this is it, you know, and when so there's this is not a unique scenario in that sense so now he who restrains will restrain it until he's he's taken out of the way so now god will decide when that shall be we we don't decide that we don't know that so how we should look at it how we should approach it we should just be so focused on jesus just like in generation one, or where we are now, or the one after us, if there is one, or the ten after us, if there are ten. I don't know. But it's like, our job is the same. Embody Jesus, proclaim the good news of the gospel, disciple nations, get his... And Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. He was destroying the works of the devil wherever he went. And that's what, what we do. So we proclaim the good news. We occupy the parable of the talents. Every person was given some things by God, some gifts, some talents, some abilities. And uh, they were all, and they were differing, okay? But they all were expected to use them and to occupy, uh, to, to, to multiply what God had given them. So we, we spread the influence of God. We disciple nations. We proclaim the gospel. We preach the gospel, we, we uh, do everything Jesus asks us to do, and we, and we just keep doing that. And we be led by the Spirit, and God will lead some to occupy certain territories, have certain job roles, have certain spheres of influence that will differ from others, and that's where you talk about the political sphere, the educational sphere, the, you know, all of these things in the marketplace, arts, and me- you know, all of these things can be places of ministry, because when Christians withdraw, guess what happens? The enemy says, thank you very much. I'm taking over and I'm going to influence everybody. You know what I'm saying? So God has called his people to occupy all those spheres of influence as we proclaim the gospel, as we influence the persons around us, as we walk with him. So it's overflow. It's not like a religious thing. It's just natural. It's overflow of relationship. And so we're supposed to occupy. We're supposed to take territory. We're supposed to disciple nations. 
And, you know, we are aware of what the Bible says in these regards, but the fact is we don't know if it's this generation's. And it says only the Father in heaven, just like that, the Nazarene, uh, Nazarene, yeah, the, the wedding, um, huh? the Galilean, the, the, the Galilean wedding, the way they did it, it was really a, a depiction of the son didn't even know when his father would give permission and say now. But when the father would say now, I mean, we, we know some things, that there will be a great harvest before then. God is not slack the way some people consider it, but he doesn't want anyone to perish. So there is this great um, manifestation of the gospel and the power of God and his glory that will be through his body, which will cause a harvest to come in. And that's really the only, that's the, Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed in such a way that will be undeniable and powerful, and then the end shall come. So that's our role. We should really focus on proclaiming this gospel in aligning and just burning bright with that to, to bring, so people can make their decisions to, to uh, for or against, you know, and, and to, to, to be part of the bride or not, you know, but, but that it's so clear, so visible, so obvious, so powerful. No more watered down, no more, you know, try to see it in the No, it's like, <clears throat> when Jesus walked there, there was just clear. Things were happening. <clears throat> uh, God things were happening. You know what I mean? So that's what we're to do. We're, we're to do that. We're not supposed to get so embroiled in the... In fact, we don't get embroiled in the war. We do what our commander tells us to do about things, but he's, he's our focus and, and this, the spreading his influence is our focus. And God will lead some to take these positions in the different spheres to occupy that territory. But uh, we don't need to... We don't need to, like, uh, now, you know... Talk about, you know, the end time scenario only or, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, because the fact is, it's in the Bible. Okay, we study it. It's there. We're aware. Now let's just continue. You know what I mean? Spreading the influence of our king. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our job. What is God's will? What do you want me to do in this situation on earth as it is in heaven? So you've already provided. I'm going to pull. I'm going to embody that and. Let's change things. Um, so, so God expects us to be agents of change, like the yeast embedded in the dough. That's what Jesus said, right? So the dough of this world and the inf- and yet we're like the yeast that just his and then his spirit just helps to transform the dough. That's our role to bring transformation. But we need to, we need to to be the. It's like if you have a yeast, if you have that yeast which is kind of not um, very active, it's been sitting for a while inactive. You have to constantly put the water and the, the flour to keep that, and it keeps consuming and it and using, and then then it's very active. Then you put that in the dough, and it just like takes over the the dough. So, so being ready, the wise virgins who are um, in there with God. And, and so we're, wherever God embeds us, there will be a takeover. There will be effective and rapid takeover. And that's what God is waiting for before his return, for his body, his bride to be um, where we need to be, to, to be the influence that he, so that people can be saved and part of his bride and... Uh, and I think the point is, as hearts change, situations change. Mm. Okay. That is the, like, and like you said, you know, the, the, the point is always people that should change. But as they change, situations will change because they, they are the ones creating certain situations. And so that is why it's pretty really so important to... So that God shows you to pray for someone to push in and pray for that person because if his heart change, his whole sphere of influence is going to change. Yeah. Yeah. As people's hearts change, 
then you can change the whole country like that. Yeah. The whole country's heart change. Well, Rome, how was the Roman emperor worshipping hard and throwing the Christians to the lions? How did that all come down? It was not military. Militarily. It was not militarily. <laughs> it, was, it was actually um, in, before the Islamic takeover of North Africa, there were um, African um, uh, Christians who, um, who brought the message of um, tolerance hmm. to Constantine. Hmm. And Constantine because they were led, obviously, by the Holy Spirit mm. to, to understand Christ and tolerance and everything. And then, because of that, Constantine stopped oppressing and he made Christianity, instead of it being a cult that, would, like, basically everyone was being killed, like, it was allowed to <coughs> multiply mm. and thrive and flourish because, you know, God put it on someone's heart to understand him in a different way and come and talk on tolerance. Yeah. But like also like I think I was really confused growing up in the church and stuff like why do I like politics if ultimately it's a kingdom of this world and influenced by the devil and it's ultimately going to go down that way anyway so what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, why should I go to university? Why should I? Why should, you know? And I, there was no good answers. And I was in the church. I was like See, this is part of the failures of the church at large. This is part of the failures and why we are now seeing what we're seeing in the world. Okay, can you continue? No, so, so, my, so then it took me a long time in my Christian journey. So I was about 14, 15 at that time. I'm almost 40 now. And I finally get it is that it's just like, I mean, you can take it back to Joshua and Caleb. Like they went into the promised land and there was giants and there was fruit. There were fruit that they, to, grown men had to hang. The grapes were so big and so heavy, they couldn't even carry it. There was so much abundance. And they were like, and God said, go in. Yes, you can take it. So, so all the spies, the 12 spies came back and they, he said, to give a report. And only Joshua and Caleb said, yes, God said we can have this and we can take it. So because they were doing what, they were with God and in God and doing what God said they could do, they were going to get that promise. But because nobody believed and nobody was really doing what they were meant to do, then they had to wait 40 years. They didn't get to enjoy that. Only Joshua and Caleb did, who were doing what God appointed them to do. And, and, and it's the same thing, like, if you take it to Joseph, Joseph, he suffered for a long time. But in each thing that he did, I mean, it says it over and over and over again. And he and and God blessed the work of his hand. Like he was working hard at what he was doing, and God blessed him in that area. He blessed Potiphar's home. He blessed the thing, and then he ended up blessing the whole the whole nation of Egypt and the whole world just because he was was he proselytizing to all the Egypt Egyptians? Was he getting converts? No, he was doing what God told him to do. In the prison, he could interpret dreams. That's what God enabled him to do. So he was a dream interpreter. Do you think he was trying to, you know, make them all be converts to his God? Absolutely not. But when they needed a dream interpreter, they knew who to go to because he was doing his God-assigned, God-ordained purpose. He was doing what within the area that he was. And he obviously worked hard in the prison. It wasn't just like a, like, I'm just going to sit here and interpret dreams. You guys do all the work. You know, like, he did his job, and he did his job well. And, and I think, I was looking at the verse, but Paul says, basically, what, what we do as Christians can influence how we experience the world. So, if all those 12 spies had been faithful to God and listened to God, then they might have enjoyed 40 more years of prosperity and living in abundance. So we as Christians are being persecuted in a way that maybe we wouldn't if we had been more, maybe we wouldn't be dealing with all these issues about sexuality and all this stuff if, if we had been more influential in the government, if the church had been more of the salt. Maybe we wouldn't be facing, I mean, it's not like God can't do anything. It's just, are we doing our part? And we're not. 
sometimes I get very frustrated. Like, I mean, am I doing enough? Does God say you do more than I want you? But it's enough or not? May not seem enough to you. It's like because I'm this guy, so I should be doing. Doesn't matter. It's not really you doing enough or too little. And that's the point. And that's why we can't look around and see what others... We, but at the same time, we, we just have to be in there with God and, and allow Him to lead. Allow Him to lead us. He's the only one who can tell us if we're on track or not. And in the process, you know, I find for me, God is working on me. Hmm. You know? Working on all of us. working all the time. I people myself. Yeah. But you, you, it puts you in that not just for what you want to get done for, for the world or the situation, but also what you have to shape you in that situation as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a constant thing. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's that yieldedness that it's that process, that yieldedness to that, and then being there in him so then the result can come and he can fill us because in that place of weakness, we find our strength when we look at it the right way and when we embrace it. In, in other words, in other words, it causes us to depend upon Him. It causes us to look on Him. Our own inability, the recognition of that, causes us, and this is by design, the way we're created. We're a new creation. We, we, there's unlimited capacity in Him, but the moment we withdraw from Him, we fall flat on our face. <laughs> and it's just that constant recognition and that's so it's that tree in the garden he says no no that's mine but you just walk with me and and so we depend upon him and it's that that yieldedness that which draws the very substance faith is the substance the glory the kabod the weightiness and so being in there with god in that way is what few people are willing to do because that takes yieldedness and it takes recognition. I'm bought. I'm bought out by the blood of Jesus. I'm bought with a price. I'm not my own. And that's what the body of Christ we need to get. We're not our own. God takes care of what his own. So we're not, his, we're not our own. We're his. He, he, he bought us, yet sometimes we don't act that way. And that, but that, that's where the discrepancies pop up. That's the, that's the discrepancies. So we're not talking about the you know what talents did you receive? What talent? Where is God leading you? It's like God will lead, but the thing is, how is our walk with God? Are we yielded? Do we realize we're bought with a price? Are we are are we um, allowing that process of? Give me this day my daily bread. I, I depend upon your guidance for today and, and, and thus, you know. And getting back to the promised land, like you were mentioning, um, was it God's will that they entered the promised land? Because God said so, right? That's why he brought them out from slavery, <laughs> to lead them into the promised land. So when they had the opportunity to go into the promised land... They could listen to fake news or the truth. <laughs> the fake news caused doubt and, and unbelief from the ten spies. They, they worked for the fake news. The two, Joshua and Caleb, they kept the Lord before their eyes, so they spoke the truth. Yeah, there's giants in the land, but that's the land God is giving us. Let's go, you know? So the people... Listen to the fake news, and they got in unbelief. And so God said, fine, go back to the wilderness, and you can go die there. And, uh, and the people were like, whoa, 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 okay, no, 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 okay, we're sorry, we want to go in now. God said, no. I said, go back in the wilderness. They said, no, 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 we're sorry, we'll, we'll go do it. And God said, no, I'm not with you. No. I, was it his will to go into the but promised land? Yeah, yeah, I'll get there. So, but it was God's will initially that they go in, right? Does God change His will? Apparently. But it's not that it's... Okay, let me... 
contextualize a little before we just created. What I mean is that it was God's will to go into the promised land. But, like it says in Hebrews, because of unbelief, they did not enter in. But it was God's will they went in. But as a result of their unbelief, something was set in motion. So God said, okay, no, do not go in now. You, that's what you chose. You do not go in. But then they tried to go in, in that state of unbelief, and they were defeated. But how could God allow that? Discrepancies. God said this. They didn't, it was not mixed with faith. Therefore, you know, God said, okay, don't do it. You're, you, don't do it. I'm not with you. It's all about God being with us. It's not about us. It's about God being with us and moving when he says to move. If we don't move as with him in that yieldedness, when he says to move and we, you know, and then all I'm saying is we've got to ride that way of recognizing our inability and God's ability. And that's the platform of faith. So then we can receive what God says and we do it because we're not trusting in our own ability, but where it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. So we can yield and flow with that and enter into the promised land and lay hands on the sick and see them recover, or raise the dead, preach the gospel, step out by faith, share the word, speak, do, give, whatever God is leading us to do, and God will be in it and it will bear the fruit of what God says. So God's will is not always done because it takes a heart of belief to bring that to pass in a person. So let us be of those who believe. Let us be of those who do enter into everything that God is leading us to do. And um, that's the point. (laughs) So, yeah, and as we do that, situations will change around. As we do that, God's influence in the earth grows because people see, taste, they taste, they see that God is good through his people. And, uh, and we occupy territory. So when we're occupying territory, then the enemy can't have that territory. And that's the idea of discipling nations and you know what we're talking about there. And so the simplicity and boiling it all down is to be so enamored and enraptured with Jesus and his every exhale is our inhale and his every word is our daily bread like Jesus said my food is to do the will of him who sent me that that we're led by him we're just led by him and it's not about comparisons it's not about this but are we being led by him are we doing the things that God is asking us to do because he's a good coordinator God's a good coordinator he's a good commander in chief he's a good uh, so he he can position everybody as, uh, in, in the great way. In the body of Christ, if we all operate like that, then guess what? The the becomes the most powerful. That was God's intention for Israel. We're going to close now. But God's intention for Israel, he says, I'm going to make, you're my people. And you're going to lend to nations. You're not going to borrow. You're going, you're going to be influential. You're going to be powerful. Your enemies will fear you. That's peace. It's where the enemy's afraid to come up to you because he knows he's going to get one and get knocked back. You know what I mean? So be wise as a serpent. A serpent always rears up and defends itself. It's not, a, it's not an easy snack. It always rises up and is not going to give its territory over to the enemy. We don't give our territory over. The, God said occupy. Why should we give the territory to the enemy? Huh? <laughs> I said because Biden's the president now. What was it because though? What was it? Yeah. Yeah. No, just that we gave Afghanistan over. Yeah, yeah. So when when, when corruption is in a place of power, bad things happen. So it's like, uh, but it's God's people. What was the tipping point of his people not there? To, and that's the point. In prayer and in influence, in, in, in standing up, the church was not ready. We failed the test. The discrepancy is not on God's end. It's on the church's end. And so we need the transformation. We need to, the church needs to align with God. We can't point the finger at God and say, why, why did you allow this? No, uh, uh, uh. 
Never be able to stick our fingers in God's face. Never. Jesus did everything he's going to do. He's sitting down now, waiting for his enemies to be made a footstool to the church. We need to align and stop not believing. Stop not believing. Yeah, stop not believing. Be believers. That's our name, right? Believers. Believers believe. We move with God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Hi, my name is Paul Warren Gray with Life Mission. If you'd like more audio and video teachings like this one, please visit our website at www.lifemission.org.za. That's www.lifemission.org.za. And if you are in the Johannesburg area in South Africa, we hope you'll drop in so we can meet you in person. Details are on the website.